Blog Talk Radio. Betrayal Trauma Radio. Help for partners after sexual betrayal. Your source for healing. Your host, Carol Jurgensen Sheets, a.k.a. Carol the Coach, is here to help you navigate through the crisis of finding out that your partner is a sex addict. She is apt trained, so she knows that you're likely facing the greatest trauma of your life. Carol the Coach is here to help you find safety in an unsafe situation. Now, here is your host, Carol the Coach. Well, welcome to everybody who's listening today for our inaugural show. This has been a long time coming. It is Betrayal Recovery Radio, sponsored by AppSat especially for partners who have experienced betrayal, whether that be sexual betrayal, emotional betrayal. When a sex addict is actively using, one of the things we know from an APSAT standpoint is that you had no idea. You weren't duped because you were dumb because he was good at lying. And when sex addicts decide to come clean, it can get very, very confusing because you don't know if you can trust them. You don't know if you can trust yourself. And so this show is dedicated to helping you navigate through the situations that naturally occur as a result of loving a sex addict. You know, nothing, absolutely nothing destroys trust like sexual betrayal. Beyond the broken vows, a woman discovers that the man she loves has been compulsively visiting adult websites, looking at pornography, chatting online, or having multiple affairs. And she must deal with the devastating blows to her self-image and her self-worth. And so this show is going to help you to regain your sense of sanity, to ground and restore that sense of self. And you probably don't know where to go for help. And so I am very excited to be a part of this, uh, to be a part of your resources, to be somebody who's going to be interviewing the experts in this field. Um, I am an APSAP trained clinician. And you may or may not know that APSAT is the only certification program specifically for partners. I mean, there are other schools that talk about how do you work with partner betrayal, but APSAT is the first certification program. We train clinicians and coaches. Uh, we certify them. And they're there exclusively for you. Today, I'm so fortunate because we're going to be talking with Barbara Stephens, and she is the APSAT's president. She's the founder of this movement. She wrote the book, My Sexually Addicted Spouse. And she's going to be talking about the things that she's doing right now to continue to promote this movement um, and to continue to help you again, work through not only the betrayal, but creating that new normal 
you know, you didn't ask for this. You didn't cause it. You can't cure sexual addiction, but you definitely can get stronger. Uh, One of the things we know is that this is a trauma-induced experience. It affects your brain. And so we want to teach you about your brain so that you can understand why you may be having difficulty coming up with the right words or you may be having difficulty thinking through your own thoughts. We know that more than likely you have trouble trusting yourself, think, how you feel, and what you know, your intuition. And so it is imperative for you to do the research, get with the experts, find a support group, and really be gentle with yourself. You know, because what you've been through is trauma, and now we got to help you heal. You know, I was talking with a woman today, and uh, she said, Carol, this is the second time around for my husband and I. I thought he was in good recovery. Yeah, I noticed he got kind of complacent, but he still seemed to be doing okay. Yeah, he kind of got, he was a little bit shorter with me, a little bit more irritable, a little bit angrier. But, you know, when I looked at the big picture, his work was causing him so much more stress. And the kids were challenging us so much. And I guess I just didn't want to believe that he could be slipping. She said, now, that's not really true because I did ask him, hey, are you okay? What is going on? You know, I noticed that you're not as happy. I noticed that we're not as connected. And, of course, he poo-pooed it. He acted like there was nothing wrong. And then what what she discovered about 17 years into what she thought was his recovery was that he was actively engaged again in acting out behaviors, and that included prostitution and escort services, massage parlors, and active affairs. And so now she's got a compound problem. She's mad because she feels like she should have known. And she's angry because some of the warning signs were there, but they could be explained by other things. And so she gave him the benefit of the doubt. And that in itself can be very tough. You know, when do you do that? When do you give your husband the benefit of the doubt? Um, because you really want to believe that he's telling you the truth. You're tired of being so suspicious. Well, that's what this show's going to help you with. And again, Barbara Steffens is really somebody who understands this issue. Uh, she has helped people get through it for almost a decade now. And she and I are actually training clinicians and coaches to do this work. So we're just so happy to have you here. Uh, And 
This is something that you will be able to subscribe to for free. And what we know to be true is once you have downloaded all the episodes, then what happens is that you can listen to it anytime you want. Now, you probably know that, right? We know that you can put this on your MP3 player. You can download it to your computer. You can download it to your phone and listen to it anytime you want. So that's the beauty of the digital world. You know, it has gotten um, addicts in trouble for a long time. You know, they say sexual addiction is a problem because it's anonymous, it's accessible, and it's affordable. It can be free. Now, I don't know about you, but a a lot of the the sex addicts that I work with, um, it hasn't been free. Because sexual addiction escalates and gets worse, it may start out free, but addicts will, um, they will continue to try new behaviors that eventually will cost them money. And so the addicts I've worked with have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on their addiction. Not to mention the hundreds of thousands of dollars on treatment. But I will tell you, the good news is, the hope I want to leave you with today is that very clearly, when an addict does his work, and I always say there's these 10 recovery tools that I want them to work on, I want them to have some sort of support group. I want them to go to Sexaholics Anonymous, SA, or Sex Addictions Anonymous, SAA, or I want them to go to Recovery Nation, an internet uh, coaching group that helps teach you the tools to stay sober, or Smart Recovery, which is more cognitive behavioral therapy uh, that can be applied to sex addicts. Or every man's a religious uh, program that works through the church. Or celebrate recovery. Now, deep down inside, I happen to think there are better programs than others. You know, sometimes I'll say, well, that's a good program, but that's sex addiction light. And I want them to, to do the hard and heavy work. Because besides going to the meetings, sex addicts need to find a sponsor or a mentor Read the book that um, promotes the program, like the green book for SAA or the white book for SA. Do the 12-step work. And then create a fellowship of support so that when they're, they've got urges or cravings, they can call somebody. Other tools that I ask for the sex addicts I work with to participate in is a therapy group for sex addicts and um, to see somebody who's specially trained in sexual addiction. I happen to be a CSAT, a certified sexual addiction therapist, and I got trained by Dr. Patrick Carnes's group. 
there are several different groups out there that train people um, how to treat sexual addiction. And then I want to see my guys doing the reading, the recovery reading. In addition to the green book, I want to see them reading other books on sexual addiction because they need to understand their own addiction. I'd like to see them doing some spiritual readings, some prayer, some meditation. And then I want them to develop empathy for the pain they've caused. And that means they may have to go to some extra special measures. They might have to get a GPS for their car. They might have to take polygraph tests. They might need to um, not any longer have a passcode for their phone. They might have to leave their phone in a special place. Uh, They may need to be able to allow their partners to see their laptop or iPad at any time. They need to go those extra miles so that the partner can begin to restore her own sense of trust. So those are the 10 tools that I ask sex addicts that I work with to participate in. And when a partner sees that her husband or wife is diligently working on those tools, it begins to build support and trust. And at that, the Association Partners of Sex Addicts Trauma Specialists, we believe that an addict will get better if he's also working on his couple relationship. And in early recovery couples work, that means that maybe you just figure out how you can make your partner feel safe. It can be that simple. And yet sometimes that hard. So that's a little bit about what this show's about. It's about bringing experts to you so that you can hear what projects, what programs, what books are out there to help you heal and to help your coupleship heal and to help the addict heal. And from time to time, you'll hear interviews. You'll hear interviews with people who have been through this process and have gotten stronger. You'll hear interviews from people that have decided to end their relationship and go on doing something different. And you'll hear interviews from even sex addicts who will talk about what it was like to to read My Sexually Addicted Spouse and how did it help to develop empathy for their wives or their partners. So this show's going to be exciting. And as I said, this is the first show and we're so happy to have Dr. Barbara Steffens on, who obviously, as I indicated earlier, started APSAT and made it her mission to help partners by training clinicians and coaches on partner-sensitive trauma. So, Dr. Steffens, welcome to the show. Hi, Carol. 
Hello there. I am thrilled to have you on because this is really, this is your baby. This is just another vehicle that you can get the word out that um, partners can find hope and restoration after the devastation of partner betrayal. So thanks so much for being on the show. I was wondering, could you share with our listening audience how APSATS got started? Oh, I'd be happy to do that. But first, I want to thank you, Carol, and others that have really worked long and hard to get this radio program up and running to provide yet another wonderful resource for partners. Because um, we know, you know, sometimes it can be really hard for them to find what they need. So I'm just so grateful to you, um, Sherry Keffer, others that have worked really hard to get this to 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 today, so that we can offer this. So. Kudos to well, you. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. And, you know, Dr. Sherry Kepper, if that name sounds familiar to any of you out there, she has written a book called Intimate Deceptions, and it just came out, and she helped create the incredible artwork. If you're looking at your computer, she helped create those slides and helped to fund it. And mm-hmm. Dr. Sherry and I were going to be on together and blog. Talk Radio was not able to accommodate two hosts, so I took this on. But you're right. This has been a joint venture from Mm -hmm. our board, and and it really uh, has finally come to fruition. Yeah. That's just really cool. Sure. Let's talk about APSATS. How did you get it started? Okay. Well, APSATS, the Association of Partners of Sex Addicts Trauma Specialists, which is a really long name, um, really what came about out of a felt need. Um, some of us had been talking about trauma in the partner for a while. I first started talking about it, well, right after I did my research back in 2005, talked to a professional group in 2006 called Society for Advancement of Sexual Health, or SASH, Um, and I'm a member of that. I know you are. Many of us are active members of that organization. But out of those kind of talks I did at the professional organization, I started getting contacts from other people that really saw trauma as well in the partner. And uh, one of those is um, our current vice president of APSATS, Janice Cottle. She's in the uh, uh, Dallas, Texas area. And um, anyway, through a phone conversation with her and some emails with some others, we ended up with a networking phone call, kind of like we know that there's a real need here to provide better um, training for people who want to assist partners. And we were hearing from partners that they weren't getting their needs met or it was very rare that they met with a therapist, worked with somebody that really understood their experience, especially from a trauma-informed perspective. So out of those conversations, we decided that we would um, work at becoming the organization that trains and certifies people to really become partner specialists, again, from a trauma-informed perspective. So I was looking back in our records, and our our first um, board meeting started early uh, 2012, and I was elected president in August of 2012. So that's that's about how long we've been doing this. 
um, still with that mission of training and certifying people to provide good, sound, ethical care to partners that's trauma-informed. Well, and one of, one of the beauties of this training is that it really teaches you a different model for looking at partners. I mean, mm-hmm. not wanting to put anybody down, any other organizations down, but your model helps partners to understand that they have been traumatized and that that yeah. doesn't just mean they're emotionally dysregulated. It means that their brain has been affected, and so oftentimes they've gone into that fight, flight, or freeze mode that makes it hard to function. Mm-hmm. And they felt crazy. They do feel crazy. You do feel crazy when you're traumatized and all of a sudden your body and your mind don't feel like they used to, don't behave the way they used to. You have thoughts, so you do things you don't normally do, all of that. And I know when I started first working with partners probably about 20-some years ago, um, I was already a trained mental health therapist who had worked with trauma survivors from other kinds of situations. So I recognized the symptoms pretty much right away. And in what I was reading and researching was not finding that recognized. In fact, what I was seeing was partners being automatically um, kind of labeled as being codependent or the term that was pretty widely used back then was co-addicted when really those very same behaviors that we were calling that were really trauma symptoms that are regularly recognized as trauma symptoms. So so over the years, you know, we've been working on, on changing that paradigm, changing that way of understanding why partners behave, feel, do what they do, and really understand that it's trauma. And once we start to identify it as trauma, we know there's all the hope in the world that they can start to recover from that because we know what to do to help people who have been traumatized. So that's what we do in our trainings. We help um, therapists, clinicians, and we also train uh, life coaches that are already certified in in doing uh, coaching work on how to help this population um, that are impacted by, you know, what we're calling sexual addiction um, from this trauma-informed model. Well, absolutely. And did you start your research first and then write your book, or were you writing your book and decided you needed research? How did that work? Oh, well, I did my research first. Um, When I, I decided to go back to school to get a doctorate, a lot of my friends and family thought I was a little on the crazy side for doing that because I was, you know, I've been a non-traditional student my entire educational life, and, you know, I was pushing 50, thinking about going back and getting a doctorate. But I wanted to do it because I knew that we did not have really any good, solid research that really described the symptoms and the experiences of partners. So I went and I did that. So I finished my research and then um, did the dissertation in 2005, and then started to really present and teach about this, trying to help make a difference. And then I'll never forget the day I was sitting at my office desk, got a phone call from a woman named Marcia Means, who I had met before. And she had read my dissertation research and was hearing that I was really promoting a trauma-informed perspective. 
And so she said she was going to write a book and that the options were she would write it based on my research or I could join her in writing it. So I absolutely chose to do it with her. And um, so, yeah, the, the book really came out of that work and then the things that as we talk about trauma and partners, things that we continue to learn about all the ways that that looks and shows up for partners. So that was uh, released in 2009. So there were a good, you know, four years between finishing the research and having your sexually addicted spouse come out. Wow. And so obviously that was the foundation. That was the baby that you birthed along Mm -hmm. then with Abstats to make this yeah. happen. And and I know that we're really still wanting to compile research, research about partners. And mm-hmm. we've got a new survey coming out um, on yep. the website soon. Can we talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, we're in the final stages of just kind of finalizing and testing the survey. But the purpose of the survey is really going to hear from partners their experiences, you know, what was it like for them when their loved one with the sexually compulsive behaviors um, went into either residential treatment, so a treatment center, or maybe perhaps went into an intensive outpatient treatment process. And the reason we're asking partners about that is we really want to know, you know, what are these centers and treatment organizations doing well, and where are there still gaps or needs in terms of helping support the partner when their loved one is going um, into that level of care. Um, We have another survey in mind that we'll do in the future, but right now we're really wanting to look at these, these major treatment centers where, you know, the person with the addiction goes and stays maybe for four weeks or for two weeks in an intensive. And that can leave the partner kind of home alone, wondering what's going on, needing support. So we're just trying to get an idea of what's going on there so that we can then take what we're already doing is is trying to provide ethical care and and establish a good standard of care for partners and then find ways of applying that in those kinds of settings. So that, I would imagine, is going to come out within the next two weeks. And people can access that if that's something they want to participate in. We need participants. Um, they can just go to the APSATS website, and we have a place where they can click to find our surveys, and it will be right there. And I will be reminding them to do that because really Wonderful. it's an opportunity. They need to have a voice, and this will be a mm-hmm. great way to to share their voice. And then where there are areas that are lacking, we can help be an advocate for them and for other women that this occurs mm-hmm. with so that we can make some changes and really right. um, make treatment yeah. much more um, partner-friendly. Yeah, partner-sensitive. Um, and that's part of the mission of APSATS. You know, we have this mission of training and certifying, but we also have a really strong mission of advocating for partners and for the entire system impacted by these out-of-control sexual behaviors, sex addiction, sexual compulsivity. There's so many ways we can call it what it is, but, 
you know, there's such um, an impact. So we want to make sure that we're advocating for the best care possible and the most ethical care possible. So it's a big part of what we do and what I believe we were formed to do. Well, absolutely. And I know that um, you have been working diligently for the last couple of years to really create some standards so that none of us, clinicians, coaches, treatment centers, intensives, nobody does harm to our patients. Right. Um, Because unfortunately, until we know better, we don't always do better. And so really, there's been great changes even in the last 10 years. But we know that unfortunately, when somebody undergoes treatment, they're considered the identified patient. And so Mm -hmm. if the sex addict is the identified patient, everybody else is kind of treated on the sidelines, and we want the whole system to be well-informed and to be kept in touch and perhaps get the right treatment they need simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And and this Part of that, too, um, so that the partner doesn't feel like they are forced into doing things they're not comfortable comfortable doing, um, that they are always given choices and options, um, so that even though they're not the identified patient, they're not treated like they're a patient, you know, so that there's clear boundaries around, you know, what can we do for the partner, what can't we do. Um, I think also it's going to the survey is going to show where we still have gaps in service, and it'll be a great opportunity for people who are creative and want to do good work to um, develop new programming to help meet the needs, both for the partner and oh, oh man for the children as well. So I think this is all part of what we do is we're just trying to make things better and more cohesive. Um, and, and I'm going to say the word again, much more ethical in terms of how we're doing this. Well, absolutely. So for our listening audience, that is APSATS.org. And the survey should be coming out in the next couple of weeks. And I'll keep you posted on that. That's one of the beauties of having me as your host. But the second thing that I wanted to talk about is that we are always looking for revenue to create more programming and projects and studies. And so, Barbara, I know that we creatively are putting together lunches and learns for our clinicians and our coaches so that they can, oh, gosh, donate maybe $25 and get educated for an hour. And that donation helps APSAT to be mm-hmm. able to implement some of the things they want. How can our listening audience donate as well? Well, certainly all they need to do is go to the APSATS website, and you'll see buttons on every page that says Donate or Donate Now. And that's that's a really easy way that they can do that right online. Um, and that's probably the preferred method, you know, method as well, is just to do that online. But just in terms of some of the needs that we have or the the project ideas that we have, is we want to improve um, our resources for partners so that when they go to the website, they can find information on who's doing what, um, what are some of the resources in my community. So adding a little bit more depth to our website, and that that is costly. 
um, a need that we're hearing all the time. And people love knowing about our trainings, but sometimes um, if they haven't built up a business enough, they don't have someone else to help them pay for the training. That's difficult. I would love to see us develop a scholarship fund so that clinicians and coaches feel more free to attend our training. Um, so those kinds of things. Certainly um, a really cool thing that just happened with AppSots is we just contracted with someone um, to be our operations coordinator. So now what used to be all volunteer work, either by myself or other board members, now we have a highly skilled, wonderful, creative person who used to be on our board in Jen Cole who is providing you know, that kind of support for us so that we can move and grow. And, of course, that's costly, too, for the organization. So we have lots of needs, but this is a wonderful way if you just go to the website and click on Donate, and um, it'll talk you through the process. And we are Absolutely. a 501c3 organization, so, of course, donations are tax-deductible in the, in the United States. Well, and I'm glad you brought up Jen Cole because some of our listeners may recognize that name. There's another wonderful podcast service called BTR.org, and and they are they have podcasts for our partners, and and they hire or they actually consult with um, AppSats trained coaches to provide affordable coaching. Um, mm-hmm. All hours of the day and night, and then you know the the organization obviously the CEO was a partner herself, and she knew what it was like to want to talk to a specialist at two a.m. in the morning when mm-hmm. one couldn't sleep, and so BTR was created, and Jen Cole is one of those coaches. So uh, you may have recognized her name from BTR.org. Yeah, and Jen's been doing coaches coaching for partners for a long time. She does a phenomenal job, and she's she's doing a phenomenal job for us now at AppSets as well. So we're really glad to have her on board. But again, that's just one of the signs of our growth that we really needed that position. And so Jen has just graciously taken that on and hit the ground running. So. AppSets is a lot, you know, as an organization, as a board, we have vision for things that we want to be able to move to in the future. And so having that kind of structure in place is going to enable us to do that. So we're really glad. And just as you were talking about BTR, I think the other thing I want to say is as the organization has grown, we have connected with and formed relationship and community with amazing, creative, gifted, passionate clinicians and coaches who are all working together to improve the quality of care for our population. Um, Our community is amazing, absolutely amazing. I'm so proud of us. (laughs) Well, you should be because you're the mother of all of us, and as a matter of fact, I feel like the grandmother of it. All right. Well, yeah, you might be the grandmother too, but you're the mother of many of us. And I got to tell our listening audience that this year, SASH, the Society of the Advancement of Sexual Health, has deemed Barbara Steffens the recipient of the Carnes Award, and that is Patrick Carnes Award. When somebody has made a real difference in sexual health 
and has created a vision that they were able to implement that has affected thousands and thousands of people. They've become nominated for for this award, and Barbara is getting it. It's going to be given to her. Is it October 6th of this year? Um, it's the first week in October. It may be the fifth, but yes, it's that. I think it's that Friday, that first week in October. So we're we're going to have a party in Virginia yes, Beach. Yes, we are. <laughs> Virginia Beach at the Sash Conference. So if we have clinicians or coaches listening, book your calendar right now and come to Sash to support Barbara. And what an accomplishment! I mean, that's like getting the Emmy or the Oscar in our world, isn't it? It it is pretty um, pretty cool, and you know I, oh. I am excited to accept that individually. But I really believe I'm accepting this on behalf of all of us that have done really really hard work, and for all the partners who have used their voices and their courage to speak up and to ask for better care and for change. And so. That's why I say it's going to be a party. It's not a party for me. It's a party for us. It's a party for um, all of us that have have really stepped up and stepped out um, just to make things better. So we're going to celebrate that. Well, and I love your humility, and you're absolutely right, but truly, this would not have occurred for years and years and years and years if you hadn't made it your mission. And... You know, I believe in the law of attraction. I believe that we attract into our lives what we need when we need it most. And you attracted this hardworking group of people, and and you've made it happen. And so we so appreciate you for that. Tireless hours, and you you were a one woman show. Not not disputing any of the board. I'm on the board. I get that too. But really. <laughs> This is a woman who who saw a vision and a mission and made it happen, and, and it's always nice to get recognized. Yeah, so I think yeah it'll I be wonderful. Go, I, I want to ask you, what made you decide to incorporate clinicians and coaches into the APSATS program? I mean, for some people, they may not really understand how a coach can help a partner. Mm-hmm. I think early on we saw that, well, first of all, there there aren't enough clinicians um, to meet this need. And we were at the same time seeing that there were just these, these coaches that were determining that they were going to go get trained on how to be a coach because they had a vision for coming alongside and assisting partners. Now, for a lot of coaches, that's been because you know, I'll speak for myself. I'm also a board-certified coach. Um, part of the, the draw is I want to see someone else having more support than what I received. And so we, we saw all these, these people naturally in their own passion, their own vision, wanting to support partners. And so we wanted to make sure we were providing them both the training and support but also the community um, to do good work and good coaching work with partners. And we have a vision for coaches really being part of that treatment team, you know, part of that, that healing process because coaches are uniquely 
place to provide a level of support and care and uh, strategies that sometimes therapists just don't have time to do or access to do. So to me, it just provides much more for partners in particular as they are finding um, support. Also, coaches are available anytime, anywhere. Us therapists in the States, we're kind of confined by our, our state and our license. And for coaches, because they're, they're not licensed, or at least not yet, and because they're not doing treatment, they can provide support for partners who would have no access to a therapist in their tiny community or in their isolated area or even in another country. Because, you know, APSETS has um, specialists not just in the United States, not just in Canada. We have specialists in the UK. We have specialists. We have our first certified partner specialist from Singapore. We have one in Australia. We've trained a handful of people in New Zealand who can't wait to get certified. So, But coaches can sometimes cross all those boundaries that us therapists might not be able to. So, so yeah, we, we saw it as essential. Well, and I'm I really feel like we're expanding that um, all the time. We're looking at additional ways that coaches can be of service that mm-hmm. thinks a little bit more out of the box. And I don't know about you, Barbara, but when I did my training as a coach, I was shocked when I worked with coaches who did relationship coaching like I did therapy. And although mm-hmm. they are not therapists, they had the same skills to improve communication, to identify feelings, to help with reflective listening and mirroring, mm-hmm. and some of the skill building that our couples need in early couples recovery work. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. When we're doing our training, Carol, we tell them, you know, therapists can do coaching because that's true. Therapists have, you know, pretty much all the skills that a coach has, and a coach can't do therapy, but but that coaching process, coming alongside and helping someone identify and get past barriers, learn some new skills, it's just wonderful to be able to provide more opportunities for people to access that. Coaches do it great. That's their primary skill base. And so if a client wants to work with you, how can they get a Mm -hmm. hold of you? Okay. Well, right now, I am as of today actually, I am moving from doing clinical counseling, you know, traditional counseling in my office to really mm-hmm. focusing more on my coaching of partners. So to access that if they're interested and want to talk about it, um they just go to my website, which is drbarbarastephens.com. And there they can see and read all about me. And then there's a scheduling um, place that they can go to request an appointment or consultation. So that's how they find me right there online. Fantastic. And then for our listening audience, if you want to work with an APSATS-trained therapist or coach, or, and again, you can find that right on your computer as you're listening to this show, but it is A-P-S-A-T-S dot org. And then you put in your state, your city, your, is it country too? 
Yeah, you can put in country. There's also a map function where you can just open up the map and then click on the blue dot that's closest to where you are, and, and the map will include the entire world. We don't have everybody in the entire world, but we're getting there. But, yeah, they just yes, go to are. the Find a Specialist tab. There you go. And there you can find somebody who has been trained uh, on partner trauma and is partner sensitive and understands what you've been going through. And the good news is you get to see a picture of them. You get to find out a little bit about them. And like Barbara said, we are working diligently to expand that website to make it more partner-friendly but that takes mm-hmm. money. So while you're there yeah. at the website, just donate 5 or $10. We'll take whatever we can get. Absolutely. So, Barbara, thank you so much for being my inaugural guest on our inaugural show, which apps at support. Yeah, I'm so pleased to have you on and um, look forward to seeing how we grow and um, what mm-hmm. we do and And just being able to work with partners because they are such a blessing, everything they've been through, and they have so much strength, resilience, and and character. I tell you what, they're most amazing people I've ever met, never worked with. So, yep. I'm grateful for the work that we have to do. 100%. So we will talk to you soon and uh, wish you the best on closing up that office and working anywhere you want to in the world. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Thanks, Carol. All right. Thanks, everybody, so much. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, again, that was Dr. Barbara Steffen, president of APSAS. And, obviously, you can hear why she feels it's imperative to have specialists, both clinicians and coaches, be able to work with the partner population and know what you've been through. And, you know, I want to hear what you would want for this show. So I want to encourage you to um, go to my website, and that is Sex Help with Carol the Coach, and send me a contact or email me directly at carol at carolthecoach.com. And share with me what you would like to hear on this radio show. Because what we know to be true is that this is your radio station. This is solely for you. Come back. We're going to share a partner betrayal skill that will help you to increase your self-care. Carol Jurgensen Sheets, a.k.a. Carol the Coach, is available to coach you through the trauma that you're experiencing as a result of being a partner of a sex addict. She is a certified clinical partner specialist trained by APSAP, the Association of Partners of Sexual Addicts Trauma Specialists, to help you navigate through the trauma. APSAP is the only organization designated to help partners and their spouses find safety in an unsafe situation. She will also coach you and your spouse to set up healthy communication, empathy, and boundaries that will create safety and stabilization after discovery. Carol is a certified sexual addiction specialist, so she can work with your spouse to create the tools to assist him in finding true recovery. She uses Zoom to provide the necessary consultation to get you through this crisis. 
For more information, go to her website, www.sexhelpwithcaroldecoach.com or email her directly at carol at caroldecoach.com. You know, it's so important to be able to find the resources that you need to feel um, safe. And so at Access, we believe that there are three primary phases that you go through after you've discovered that your partner is a sex addict. The first one is safety and stabilization. So if we were working with you, we would be helping you to find more safety in your situation. And maybe that means that you need a little break time from the sex addict. Maybe it means that you need some check-ins, regular check-ins. You know, a partner trauma specialist that I'm working with right now, she says you need two to three check-ins minimally a week to find out where you're each at. And a check-in can follow a specific formula. I mean, there's the fast no. And fast no stands for feelings. What is your primary feeling for the day? Affirmations. What are two or three statements that you can say about yourself several times a day to reinforce your own competency. S stands for sobriety. For the addict, it means what am I doing to stay sober? And for the partner, it may look like what am I doing for good self-care? I mean, that is absolutely essential to grounding and to feeling better about your life, you know. And what are you doing for self-care? What are the that you know to be true that actually make you feel comfortable and relaxed? You know, what is it? And so I'm going to ask you to identify the six areas of your life that cause and create balance. I want you to think of your social environment, your physical environment, your intellectual environment, and then I want you to think about, did I already say physical? Because it's emotional, social, physical, intellectual, spiritual, and purposeful. And I want you to identify one thing that you do proactively, and I do mean proactively. What are you already good at? Maybe you take power walks. That would be for the physical. Maybe you read the Bible or the Koran. That would be spiritual. Maybe you're in the middle of, and we all know that that would be intellectual. Maybe you're starting a support group, Ethanon, um, COSA, uh, some of the support groups that are free and they're out there specifically for you. Maybe you want to start a coaching group, and APSATS is a wonderful way to find 
coaches that are running those. And then purposeful. You know, you may not be ready to really address the purposeful because let's face it, your world has been rocked. But I wrote a little shortcut manual, and it's called um, Finding Your God-Given Dream. And just like Barbara in her book shared that she, too, had been a partner, and it helped her to to go back to school to very clearly gather research. She was a Ph.D. She She knew she needed research to make it happen. And she made it her purpose and her mission. And for my listening audience out there, you know, there are some really affordable ways to make a difference in the lives of other partners. One of them is Door of Hope, and I'm going to have Donna Meredith Dixon on to talk about that program. When you're not a coach or a clinician, how can you assist? So be thinking about those emotional needs. And in the meantime, what's one objective that you would be willing, as part of that fast no, what's one objective that you'd be willing to work on for the sake of the relationship, you know? Think about that and think about how you can meet your own individual needs. And I'll say more about that next week when we're working on building your skills, helping you feel sane, and restoring your safety and stabilization, which is the first phase of our three-phase process. More to come next week for Betrayal, Trauma, Recovery, Radio. BRR for short, Trail Recovery Radio. See you next week. I'm Carol Jurgensen Sheets, a.k.a. Carol the Coach. Go to my YouTubes if you need some information that will make a difference in your life under Sex Health with Carol the Coach. For more information, go to appsats.org, the Association of Partners of Sex Addicts Trauma Specialists, to find a professional in your area who is trained to help you after sexual betrayal.